Hello, 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 and welcome to another session of Own Your Yes. I am your host, Valera Wilson, and this is our weekly conversation where we get to hear from ambitious, successful women who are sharing their struggles and lessons learned on the way to that success. I am so excited today to bring to you Tasha Helm. She is a fintech executive and tech inventor um, who really we're going to talk today about giving yourselves permission to change directions. And I love this topic because one, as women, we are known for being multifaceted and multidimensional. And so I, I'm, I'm loving this, this topic already. I'm excited to have Tasha share with us how she's done that in her own um, professional and entrepreneurial journey. Thank you so much, Tasha. Thank you, Valera, for this opportunity to share a little bit of my experience and part of my journey. Absolutely. So tell I, you know, I teed it up, but feel free to, to tell everyone what it is that you have or, or what do you do? So currently today, I, I am a fintech executive by day and I say an entrepreneurial minded person 24 by seven. So I do have the uh, privilege of leading continued content development and programming for strategic DNI and philanthropic initiatives. Um, with that responsibility, it includes enhanced feature and functionality for improved uh, global user experience and engagement. And really, I, I like to say that's just a lot of fancy stuff for saying that you know we like to uh, and we're focused on creating associate stickiness. I love it. I love it. And so that's the one part of it that you said the entrepreneurial spirit 24 by seven. So tell us about the the tech inventor side of you. OK, so to start, I'll, I'll take you on a little bit of journey of how I got there because it was a journey. I didn't start out um, kind of that way, but it's it's in my blood, so to speak. Um, I'll, I'll start out with that, how I actually landed in in Georgia. It's it's hard to believe that it's been 20 plus uh, years ago. I actually made a bold move, packed everything that would fit into my vehicle as uh, a 20 year old might do, resigned from my job at a bank uh, to move to Georgia and continue to pursue a degree in the medical field. So uh, the entrepreneurial side was, was not there quite yet, but again, it was boiling in the blood and you'll hear a little bit about that um, later. Uh, I would say that not at all what my parents were thinking that I would do um, out of all of their children. I have two other siblings. So I did have enough sense to interview for a job before I moved to Georgia, landed a job in what I would say was my first fintech, um, fintech realm, if you will, but still within the vein of financial services, because I consider my first uh, kind of grown up job, the bank job that I had to work fast food from the time I was 16 to about 20. So uh, I continued in school, figured that I need to gain some medical experience, and uh, I actually uh, obtained my CNA and applied for a job. I actually worked for a six-doctor medical practice, uh, gaining all that experience while I was in school. So fast forward a little bit, um, and I made a decision, and this was probably one of the first big decisions, to change my major. Um, I didn't change it once, but I changed it twice. And considering, uh, considering the path and the questions asked, what do you want to be when you grow up? What do you want to be uh, when you become an adult? It was almost it, you know, a rehearsed answer. I want to be a nurse. I want to be a nurse practitioner. 
And uh, I recall someone saying, why not a doctor? And I can remember answering and saying, um, I don't want someone's life in my hands. And so at the time, in my purview, you know, that's what a doctor, that's what the definition of a doctor was. And with a little bit more coaching, probably would have come to understand that there's many doctors uh, that are not making life or death uh, decisions, if you will. So uh, that, that was part of the journey. Um, I actually reached an inflection point asking myself, you know, are these just jobs or stepping stones uh, to the goal of executive leadership? And because I was in uh, corporate America, if you will, with the exception of the, of the job that I had as um, working in, in uh, practice, um, I began to think about if I'm going to stay in corporate America, um, what type of role do I want to pursue? And I knew at an early at an early age that it was the goal of an executive uh, leadership. And at that time, what my definition kind of executive leadership meant was, um, you know, sitting at the table discussing ideas on how to like solve for X, and then implement, and then see the fruits of the labor. So you know that that's kind of the the corporate side that I think ties into the entrepreneurial side. And how I got there is. I had the opportunity at a young age to sit at the table and listen to executives, um, listen to ideas. And I attribute a lot of my business acumen to uh, being afforded that opportunity at such a young age. And what we were actually discussing was, and this may tell you my age at this point, but it was actually uh, digital signatures. So this is before digital signature. And uh, we were in pods and cubes, and I can remember sitting near compliance, um, sitting, uh, you know, with, within these pods, you could hear different compliance and risk uh, conversations. And so we were actually trying to solve for something. And I, I remember bouncing into the office at 20 something with my business law book saying, I'm studying something in school, and I believe that we can apply this to what we're trying to solve for. And I had an executive look and laugh and said, I have that same book, except for mine's from 1976. And so um, that's what started me actually on the entrepreneurial path, because I was trying to solve for how can we add another layer of, um, I'll say encryption now, but really security. And um, and I'll leave, I'll leave it there and I'll end on with saying that I actually hinted to entrepreneurship is in my blood. I said, yes, I'm a FinTech executive and entrepreneur, but it's not by accident. Um, I'm a blend of the perfect two of my heroes, which are uh, you know, my parents and my siblings and I were exposed to IT and financial services at a young age. Um, our father introduced us to fiber optic cable, Commodore 64s and uh, a throwback to the green and white line computer paper if anyone is familiar with any of that. And uh, my mother actually worked in the banking industry and her concentration was around data processing, accounting and payroll. So um, that it's it's in the blood and it's by no accident. Wow. No, that's, that's a lot. It's a very uh, interesting journey and process in that you, I mean, I'm, I'm listening and you said, I went to school and I got, I, I was a CNA and then I decided that I wanted to bank, work in fintech and then I became 
you know, I decided I wanted to be more entrepreneur and focus on finding solutions. You know, what were some of your, you know, obviously the, the big decision was to pack up everything and to move to Georgia. But what were some of those challenges as you thought about moving from, you know, being looking at nursing and then saying, I really want to be in fintech or be a corporate exec? You know, how did you give your permission to keep exploring different things that may have been different from what you were doing? Um, And I think the first part of that is, you know, when you talk about the inventor side, kind of talk about what did you I mean, have you invented things? What types of things have you invented and what was that process like? So um, I there were challenges. Um, Many of us have worked our way around different roles and positions just within a corporate environment. Um, and so, you know, the challenge, I think one being, you know, fresh into a career is what is the path, right. To get to, um, the role or level. And and at that point, it's really exploratory because if we think about college, um, and, and where I ended up, like there's specific core concentrations, right? So for medical, um, there's core concentration for business, it's kind of wide open. So it, it, it's a big net, right? So there's many different avenues that you can explore. Um, And I think I said this before, just being human in and of itself, we're multidimensional. And and I know myself and know that I had different interests and different things. But when someone asks, what do you want to be? It's what do you want to be? And that's kind of singular. That's not plural. And so although we have these other passions and interests, you know, um, can we also be those things as well? And so the permission, I, I, I would say that one, being naturally curious um, is part of just the core of who I am. Um, my mother would tell you that I should have been an attorney because I always want to get to the why and understand the why. Um, but there are times when we don't choose the change and the change chooses us or someone is making a change that impacts us. And, um, you know, said this many times about being multidimensional. And so if we think about surveys for a minute and we think about when we go in and we fill out even a job application, it's not just asking us about our skill sets, which we can speak to, but it's also asking us about our hobbies and interests. So I, I would say I don't know if it's more of permission or being a little bit audacious to say that I'm not a one dimensional person. Um, if you show up as your true self, you know that um, there are skill sets that will pay the bills. Um, there are passions that maybe you can turn into uh, in, into a business, I would say. And to answer your question about invention. So um, I'm also a very hands on person, love HGTV. I believe that I can watch HGTV and then go, um, you know, emulate uh, what they're doing, <laughs> regardless of what my true skill set is there. Um, so I like to actually build things. And that's the way that my brain thinks um, in building blocks. So I like to do things with my hands, whether or not it's just little um little projects that are attainable for me. And then I can see again, the end, the end result. I used to help my father, um, you know, when, when I was younger and, and he would say, we built a double deck on the back of our house. And so he would say, go get, you know, the Phillips, go get, you know, the flathead, go get. And so by him actually including us in those projects, 
um, that may have piqued that interest in me and actually, again, trying to solve for something we were solving for um, X to be able to go out and enjoy uh, the backyard, you know, on a deck. And um, I think by him incorporating us in those, uh, although I think, you know, I can speak for my siblings at this point now, I would be like, oh my goodness, when we hear our name and need your help holding or go get, that was like a sign that it was going to be um, an arduous project that was taking place. <laughs> um, were there, I mean, have you, so it sounds like you had to, I think you said something that was important. You said not feeling like we have to be one dimensional. I think that's the one thing, not feeling like, you know, feel like we have to pick a side or be one thing forever. We get to, to choose to make those changes whenever we, we think that they're best for us. Um, I, and I believe that sometimes the fear of change can, can keep us from exploring those other things because perhaps maybe we don't feel like we do very well with that thing. How have you had to view change in order to excel in maybe areas that were new or unfamiliar to you? So, and I'm glad that you said that because change is difficult when we're, when we feel like things are flowing and it's very comfortable. Um, I, I'm going to, I'll use a term here that many of us are familiar with, which is imposter syndrome, um, breaking the chains of doubt and fear and uncertainty. Um, you know, to me, it's all inter interrelated with imposter syndrome, because like you said, there are strengths, right? Like I know that, you know, science comes naturally for me, but, you know, um, the function of really like, you know, a spreadsheet may not be my forte. And if I'm going into a job, uh, you know, where there's a responsibility of formatting or, you know, putting in functions, then now I'm going to have to, and this is what I've done to kind of build my arsenal, because um, we're not always, you know, the sharpest tool, I would say. Um, but I think we have to think about, you know, who's going to, are we going to allow ourselves to be outworked? And so for some of us, I think that we have to study a little bit more. Uh, we got to research a little bit more, Google a little bit more, um, you know, shadow. But I've had to embrace change also from um, a different aspect as well, because to your point of fear, um, sometimes we can be also in situations where we want to embrace the change, even when the psychological safety part has been challenged, meaning if I'm open, will there be a consequence that's later used against me in some form or fashion? Um, so often, you know, our professionalism is challenged, um, put to the test. And even when my E and IQ, you know, are not processing at the level that maybe they need to be processing, depending on the change, positive or negative, um, I think we just have to allow ourselves to process the change and feel our feelings. Um, something that I'm still, you know, learning to do as we continue to grow. Um, but we've been conditioned to really think that being vulnerable or showing emotion is sensitive or weak. So I think, you know, in order to excel, um, there is a, a circle uh, of influence. There's a circle of trust um, in order to excel. You know, we've heard this, uh, anyone that's been in business as far as champions and sponsors, and really just, I think, feeling um, safe enough, you know, to maybe say, you know, I'm trying to grow into this skill set and being honest 
with um, needing to understand and feeling comfortable with raising your hand to ask a question and not defining a teachable moment as a uh, source of inadequacy. And I think that's how sometimes a lot of us can feel is that if we don't know, we're afraid to ask because we're, uh, we're, we're afraid of feeling inadequate or even trying to step into that, you know, stretch role. Oh, I don't know. I don't know if I have all of the, you know, skill sets. Whereas, and I'll say this, um, men, you know, look at a job, you know, and they're, they're, I'm going to go after it. Right. And women will tend to be, and this is not all, um, will tend to be a little bit more reserved and say, I, I need all eight of these, you know, qualifying factors in order to even be considered. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now you're hitting on the nerve here. Um, <laughs> as folks are, are responding. And I, you're absolutely right. You touched on a lot of things that I think are really important. One, imposter syndrome. And it's interesting because, you know, I like to say, and I've written articles about this on, link for, on LinkedIn and even in keynotes, I talk about the fact that oftentimes imposter syndrome is triggered more often when we're encountering change or something new, which makes sense because it's something new. We don't know it. It's not our strength. It's not our area of familiarity. And so that stretching doesn't always feel good. It's uncomfortable. But to your point, I always say that let's attach it as I call it growing pains. I wrote an article about that specifically, not calling it imposter syndrome, but it's growing pains. It's really, you know, I'm learning and growing into something new. It doesn't feel good, but it doesn't mean I'm inadequate. It means I'm learning and growing. Right. And I think you you brought up a really good point. So when we can see the change as that, as it's a process of learning something new and not that we're inadequate, I think that's a powerful distinction that allows us to embrace change as uncomfortable as it might be to move into something different, explore something yes. new, know that we won't have all the answers Right. It's okay because we're not supposed to. I mean, no one expects a newborn to walk coming out the womb, right? right? So we're newborns in certain areas that we're exploring. And that's okay. We have other strengths that we have demonstrated, you know, tremendous and phenomenal capabilities. So I love that you brought that up, that it's it's a process and we have to give ourselves that permission. Because that to me is the biggest part of being willing to, to explore and give ourselves that permission. Um question for you like I mean with with the different things that you have have done and have there been times you felt like I'm doing too much or I'm I'm all over the place or, or have you ever had to and if so have you had to address those moments in in what ways because I think sometimes as when we think about external feedback or we think about what other people might say it's like well what are you trying that too and what are you doing that and so sometimes those perceptions might keep us from exploring our, our own sense of what maybe I, I'm maybe I'm all over the place. How mm -hmm. have you had have you had those moments and then how have you had to handle them? Definitely, because because that's that's just being human. Right. Where there have definitely been times where um, I felt like I'm doing way too much. And so I would use the analogy throwing up. You have a million pieces of paper and it's like confetti falling down, right? And uh, you're trying to grasp which ones do I grab first. But I want to kind of um, piggyback off of something really quick because I think part of that also is, you know, when we're trying to figure out what we're doing, 
because you're interested in many things does not mean that you're indecisive. Now, there, there are times because, I, and I want to say that because be like, well, now she's doing this. Well, she just said she wanted to do X. But if you take the time to get to know someone, then you may understand that they're, you know, interested in many different areas and maybe they're just trying to hone in and maybe sharpen some skills um, in different areas, even if it's from a fundamental understanding. But what I will say is, and before we started, I'll share this. Um, you saw my son's head in the background uh, of this, <laughs> of this, of this event. So pre-pandemic, we were wearing multiple hats. Post-pandemic, for many of us that are juggling work from home, virtual school, if you are have multiple children, it's even that many times more compounded. So I would say um, I personally learned from an experience many years ago that had me on a forcible timeout because I was it was too much that was going on at one time. And from that one experience, you know, uh, there was kind of like a, you know, come to Jesus moment, if you will. I am not superwoman. I will not wear the veil of one. I will not pretend to be. I know what my limitations are. Um, and I have to work within the confounds of my limitations. Um, what someone else is doing, the pace that they're moving, you know, the realm and level that I'm operating on, it could be too fast. It could be too slow for some, um, you know, vice versa. But, you know, um, I address those moments by taking forcible breaks. And it, it's one thing that I've said to my sister. I think I actually see my sister tuned in to this event um, is that uh, I tell her I take a forcible break. Uh, that means that, no, we don't have breaks. Most of us don't. You know, like if we're in a corporate environment, we come in, we know what we need to do and we do it. Um, sometimes, you know, I walk away. And that really does work. You know, we hear that a lot of times. Walk away for a second, you know, take a deep breath. Um, sometimes I even lay down because I am the hardest person on myself and I'm going to push myself to the nth degree. So the, the most important thing that I will say here, though, is um, I carry two things with me every day on the left and right. And that's grace and mercy. And I lean on my faith. I so that, that. that that I would say is outside of any type of advice, probably that's in a corporate professional, but that's what I lean on. Very, very real. I love it. Um, you know, I love what you said. You said, you know, sometimes people think that because we're interested in a lot of different things that maybe we're, we're indecisive. And I think that's so true that sometimes people can make you feel like, well, because you haven't figured it out yet, that there's something wrong with you. And that's to each its own. But what I, I think is interesting is that there, that ex, it, we have to give ourselves permission to explore. Right. And if we never take the time to really, and it doesn't mean you go out and start, for example, a new business every week. It doesn't mean you go out and have, start a new job every, every year. Right. But if you can't take the time to go inward and really start to explore, what do I really like? now because that changes over time what i really want to learn now because that changes over time as well and and really embrace that i think some of the best inventions you know tech inventor have come from people exploring and testing things right well there's always a saying that like edison says he, he tried to figure out not he didn't fail a thousand times he figured out how the light bulb didn't work 90, 999 times right so there's such a, when we shift our perspective, perhaps to say, well, I'm changing the direction to explore this and maybe it doesn't work and be OK with that. 
it doesn't have to end up as being the thing, but it could be the thing that leads us to the thing. And I, I think that's such an important piece of it. And then you said forcible breaks like that is that's a hashtag all by itself. Like we need to take a forcible break forcible because break. if we don't, life will cause us to take those breaks and tell us like, no, it's not an option now. You have to take this. And so I love that you said that because we have to give ourselves. I call it now taking a moment to think so that I when I step back into something, I'm doing it even better, faster and more decisively. Right. I love right. that. I love what you said there. Clear your mind. And then if I can just say really quick, because we talked about the indecisiveness and and, um, you know, being multidimensional. Most of us have transferable skill sets. So picking a side may become relative at some point. It shows up like blending, incorporating, complementing a culmination of. So I would say exactly what you just stated, um, you know, Sometimes you don't know, you think that you want to go into this field or you think that you want to work uh, in this area and start building a career. And once you get in, um, it's not what it was all cracked up to be or what you thought it was going to be. So I, I would just, you know, to add on to that. I love that you brought that up, though. And I think I would ask you, like, when you look back, do you see how one skill that might have seemed irrelevant at that time actually Help, help you thrive in another area later. I mean, when you kind of look collectively back at the what maybe have seemed as irrelevant or unrelated experiences. Definitely. Um, I will say word problems, um, without a doubt. I can remember being in school um, and, and I did not like word problems. I can see myself, you know, struggling with figuring out the word problem because all the details seem to not be there. You know, all the facts were not provided. And then later I understood this is a great way to build deductive reasoning skills and problem solving skills, which are skill sets of an entrepreneur, because you're trying to find out you're trying to solve for X for a lot of times. Maybe there's an issue, a problem. And so um, here we are today. And, you know, everything to me is like a word problem. Um, and again, that's how my you know, that's how my mind works in building blocks. And so I I tend to engineer solutions to issues. And so like we could, you know, we could hashtag that and say, you know, word problems matter because for me, something that I was not fond of um, became something that kind of, you know, I'm centered around. That is so, so important. I mean, literally when I look back at those jobs that I absolutely abhorred, you know, <laughs> in my career earlier and I fast forward to now, I'm like, oh my God, I'm using all of those things and those skill sets now the yes. things that I thought were just so irrelevant or maybe boring or whatever that might be. I mean, I use them every day now. And I think it's make it makes me sharper, edgier, faster at the things that I do because I have these unrelated skill sets. I'm not just one dimensional and I haven't been throughout my life. And I, I love that you bring that up. And so I would say to anyone watching, like if you feel like where you are right now isn't where you want to be, it's okay because it's going to be part of your tool belt and toolkit that you can definitely use as you move forward in whatever direction you decide to change and move into. Um, I know we're right one minute before um, we're going to end. Tasha, tell us, you know, what are maybe two things that you want any person watching this later on or that, that we've got folks on live about giving themselves permission to change directions at any point in time? So um, hard to stick for two, but I'll say operate in your gift because, um, you know, you are set apart 
So we'll just say that um, no two people think alike. And so diversity of thought should be embraced. Um, know that you are different and it is okay. Um, do not allow yourself to become diluted. Um, define what success means to you because what success is for Valera may not be what success means um, to Tasha. And you know, if I start trying to strive for someone else's success, um, then you know you could find yourself um, failing at that point or being disappointed. And it's okay to fail because we're all going to fail at some point. Um, it's how we come back. I would say get some bounce in your legs because you are going to need to leapfrog the naysayers because there will be naysayers. Um, there will also be a circle of influence and trust that will also be uh, deliberate on how um, they help you navigate to the next level. And the last thing that I'll leave on, um, give yourself some grace, but also be the woman for women that are listening who fixes another woman's crown without telling the world it was crooked. And I know that we've all heard that um, before, but um, you know, be empathetic, be an active listener, and then cultivate what you're passionate about. I love it, love it, love it. Thank you so much, Tasha, for sharing your you. wisdom and your insight with us we've had some great comments and feedback coming in um, from people watching and to everyone that's watching absolutely give yourself permission to change directions you have one life but you have multiple things in this life that you get to explore um make sure that you join us here next thursday 12 p.m eastern 12 to 12 30 for another session of Own Your Yes. And also um, stay tuned because I will be inviting you all women, uh, every woman to take part of uh, women's workplace confidence survey that will be sent out uh, June 2nd. I hope to have that date right. Um, really to capture uh, our challenges, struggles and opportunities for solutions in the workplace to help us thrive and be our best. So stay tuned for that. Um, but in the meantime, join me here next Thursday. Thanks for watching. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Have a good rest of your week ahead.